do you like fun games? Yeah, I love fun games. Of course you do. You're you're a good guy. You're a smart kid. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I guess. Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people. What is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-G. Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh my god. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight! And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello. It's Cage Fight time. Happy Monday morning to you all. My name is Gregory Aikman. I am here to uh, shepherd you through another episode of Chaotic Adequate. No, that was an old show I did a few years ago. This is Cage Fight. It's a different thing. I'm not here with Steve Cross and Amanda DeJoya and uh, who else? And the other one. Who am I here with instead of them? You're here with the representation of Thomas Beeman. Marvelous. And how are you today, Thomas Beeman? I'm fantastic. Doing great. Are you well? I am well. I've watched a film this morning and it's going to be grand, but that's that's me. You watched a film this morning? Yeah. Yeah. What I, kind of film did you watch? I don't know whether this is appropriate whether this is relevant to what we do, but Nicolas Cage was in it. Whoa. I yeah. You know, you want to know something? What? What? Completely crazy, right? I also watched a Nicolas Cage film this morning. Shut the front door. You didn't, did you? Yes, by far. Yep. Well, if we've both watched Nicolas Cage films, like today, we should probably have a chat about it or something, I think. I'm not- oh my god, we could totally fill up the time of this podcast talking about Nicolas Cage movies that we watched today. And should we sort of compare them with one another to see which is the cagiest one? Well, I suppose this podcast should have a point of some sort. What would that point be? If if you had to put into human words what the point of this podcast could potentially be, what what how would you what words would you choose? God, um I okay, I think it would be like imagine the scenario of these two movies that we watched mm. in a cage together right. fighting one another. Okay, so it's kind of like... And that's a, kind of like... Like a cage fight. Yes, like a cage fight, yeah. But yeah. also... Yeah, yeah, like uh, an MMA cage fight, yeah. But as well as summoning up the image of an MMA cage fight, because both films happen to have Nicolas Cage, it's like Cage is fighting himself as well. So cage fight is kind yes. of like a... not. It's do, layered. It is, it's not a double entendre, because that implies some sort of cheeky rudeness and this this although has double entrepreneurs it doesn't have any rude entrepreneurs unless the 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 mere image of nicholas cage is a bit rudy or it can be you know fighting depending is quite on, rude it is fighting is kind of a rude thing to do to somebody yeah and it always looks a bit Every single fight scene you've ever seen in movies, no matter how violent or amusing or serious or upsetting it is, every single fight scene would be improved if, at the end of the fight, they kiss. <laughs> I completely agree. There needs to be a smooch at the end of every single fight scene. 
It would be wonderful. And the fight scene, which I think most needs a kiss at the end. You know the movie They Live with um, yes. Rowdy Roddy Piper? And yep. you know when he fights that other fellow who was a wrestler? Yes. And it lasts forever? Yeah, about a 15-minute long fight or something. If they did, that needs a smooch afterwards. It does need a smooch. I agree, yeah. Because they, they become best friends and all like, son of a bitch, at the end of it. And they should just mm-hmm. full on make out. Yeah, there's like a sense of respect between the two combatants. Yeah. And then there should be some sort of release to that. And I think a smooch would do the trick. Definitely. Because I don't know about you in real life, but whenever I feel like I respect someone, I immediately just want to kiss them. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What film did you watch this morning? <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, I watched The Humanity Bureau. What do you mean, unfortunately? Unfortunately, the a movie called The Humanity Bureau exists. Oh, wow. Because, right, dear listeners, this never happens, but at 8.43 this morning, I had a text message from Thomas. <laughs> Now, usually, our text messages are based largely on let's arrange a thing, when should we arrange it, like all all of that sort of breast stuff. Breast milk, all, yep. Yeah, 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 all that fun. And occasionally, yeah, like you say, breast milk, photos of breast milk, which sounds like it'd be a rude photo, but it's just a photo of a glass containing milk. But um, yeah, you can't tell the difference. You can't, but... Oh. But then, well, I say that to you sometimes, and you just reply going, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I know the difference. <laughs> but I woke up this morning to an OMG Craig, this movie. It's quite a movie. Which is enough information to get me excited to hear about it. Not enough information for me to think he's going to say how much he loves it or he's going to say how shit it is or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so we've got the Humanity Bureau versus I watched Snowden, which is a much, much more right. grown up movie. And has Nicolas Cage in it for all of about 10 minutes. But enough beating. You know, yeah, go on. You, I can't believe we've done this again, but it's completely by accident. <laughs> but like watched. both of these movies have like are like political in some way. Yes. Yes, they are. But I'm really, really excited to hear about the Humanity Bureau. So please, okay. can we start with that one, please? <sighs> I guess. Yeah, let's rip the bandaid off. <laughs> Humanity Bureau. This this movie is an uh, uh, temporally misplaced as it was shot in both 2017, 2018, and 2019. Did you know this? I had no idea. It took three yeah, years it, to film the fucker. It seemingly it was shot and released on three separate years. All the information that I've been gathering on this film, and I actually researched. However, briefly, like the background of this film, because I was like, who made this? Why did they make this? What gives? So (laughs) Humanity Bureau came out uh, three separate times in three following years, consecutive years. And it's a movie. (sighs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, it has. I don't even want to talk about the plot of the film are the characters. I really don't want to get into it. I'll tell you why. Okay. It is really tough to figure out what the point of the film is. I always like to believe that someone made a movie for a reason. Like yeah. there's like a usually a sentence that you can say the matrix exists to bring to light 
right? It's like, it's made to wake you up. Yeah. Humanity Brew exists. I think it exists because QAnon wanted it to. (laughs) I think it exists because someone might have been making fun of QAnon conspiracies. Okay. I think it exists for a lot of different reasons, but I cannot tell you why. Right. So in in this movie, Nicolas Cage is an agent of the Humanity Bureau, which exists in 2030. So okay. it's in the we're in the future. In this future, so many things happened. <laughs> in, in the in the first minute of the film, it like gives you like a text saying like, "Oh, America, you know, there was a recession. There was a long recession, and then bombs happened, and then a whole civil war happened." And this whole explanation sounds like a fourteen year old kid kind of wrote it because it's like, "Well, it did. Bombs happened. And the war happened. And the, <laughs> and the America's just crazy." Essentially, as an agent of the Humanity Bureau, he has to go and judge people, right, who live outside of major towns to see if they are, <laughs> to see if they are productive citizens. It is illegal in future America to be an unproductive citizen. So we you have to make money. Fucked. Absolutely. You have to be able to make money and take care of yourself and take care of the people that rely on you, right? Right. That's why he does. This film, like, just drops that so quickly, but it's like, but why does it exist then? Like, who's trying to make a, what point is this Humanity Bureau, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. To the story, because it gets dropped so quickly, and it's really about Nicolas Cage, he found his son, I don't, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about this fucking movie. I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so, so hang, hang on, hang on. Before you stop yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about go ahead. It, the Humanity Bureau itself, that's an organization that judges mm-hmm. how productive people are. And if they're unproductive, puts them in jail or kills them or something. And if they're productive, allows them to live, right? Well, here's, here's the idea. Like they will get arrested and deported to New Eden. You know, it's like a new city created to survive like this radioactive wasteland that the world has become theoretically right it's Mm. like we're not really we're told through unreliable characters that like the rest of the world is just too fucked to live in right yeah and uh what we learn is like that's not actually the truth they're sending people to new eden in order to turn them into ash so so what yeah yeah that's a big reveal in the movie is that they are just killing shitloads of people. Okay. Um, because, like, it's, like, not enough resources or something. It's, like, not really, like, hammered in on the specific reasons. Oh. And even the the villains themselves are, like, yeah, we do this. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So, sure, yeah. Me so, too. So the point... <laughs> so the point is, right, so that... Huh. Is this a whole sort of like the government is lying to you and they're actually evil type of movie? It seems like there is both an appreciation, a, a classical appreciation of the American government mm-hmm. with a tinge of hatred for what it is currently. It's hard to nail down mm. specifically what are the problems that people are having. It's like they were like, oh, they're bad. Well, why are they bad? Well, they turn people to ash, I guess, but they're 
also maybe they might be liberals but they're not though because we never mention what they are right who they are and why they are and this is immediately dropped to go so like okay so this is the world right within the world here's a melodrama based on family relationships yeah and even that is nothing okay it's all so very nothing it's honestly this movie is such a conundrum in in terms of like in so many ways um, for one, it's very clearly has a budget mm. and of not a lot of money. Yeah. You can tell that by the first few minutes of the film. The Okay, you know, we love people who can get on screen and perform in a role and they put their best foot forward and it's not always their fault that the movie kind of sours itself. Yeah. Every part of this movie just kind of sucks oh wow um unfortunately there are people within it that are acting that are just doing their best okay yeah it's very difficult to connect with these characters because of it the best i can equate it to is like this should have been on the sci-fi channel really oh cool yeah so yeah but it was too right-wing or Maybe it was. I can't tell if this movie is making fun of people on the right wing or there are people of the right wing who made it or it's impossible to tell. So it's a similar issue to when we watched Left Behind and it was, which Mm -hmm. I think was the first episode, but it was really hard to work out whether the film was having fun with a silly idea or just Mm -hmm. really faithful to that idea and believed it and thought they were doing something important. I know the author of the book series it was based on was all in favour and loved the idea and was trying to save the world in his own crazy, silly way. But it was hard to tell whether the film was having fun with the idea or Mm -hmm. sincere. And is it the same here where it's like, this is either the same does it stop being useful if you cannot tell whether something is uh satire or sincere does it stop being useful if it is satire that you can't tell or is that our issue for not being good enough at picking up on things (laughs) no i i do think there is a heavy burden on the film to give you enough context clues yeah and if not spell out the ideas of which it's trying to translate to the audience, you know, like, yeah, that makes I know sense. I hate like being told, but at least you can show it's just not nothing happens that is definite enough to give me one way or another. And yeah. it's, it's very it's it's a jello movie, man. It's just but it just wobbles there. Was it an enjoyable ride? Like, even though no. you weren't. Oh, fair enough. Oh. <laughs> 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 nope nope fair enough because sometimes because i'm i really really enjoy uh david lynch movies um mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. often i am one of those people who watches it doesn't really understand what happened will read about it and go oh oh well, that's fun i like that i like that that's what people are saying it was about and then i watch it again and enjoy it in a different way but when i'm initially yeah. watching it and i've not really got any idea what like i've I've watched Inland Empire about eight times. Couldn't tell you anything about it. I really enjoy the ride. You can. Okay. So the main character's name is Noah Cross. Okay. Now, to me, that has some sort of Christianity 
yeah, a meaning to it. Does that read to you? No one's choosing the name Noah for a fictional character without alluding to Noah from off of Bible. Particularly if the world's screwed and maybe the Humanity Bureau is creating some sort of arc for productivity or something. It does feel like that's intentional because you've got Noah Cross. They're yeah. taking people to the new Eden. There's definitely intentional yeah, allusions like, to Bible. Whether or you not You see what I'm saying? I like, do know what you mean. Stuff yeah. there, but it's it's like he he does end up like inspiring a rebellion hmm. in some way, but did this have any issue with uh, was it one of those films that was written by someone and then rewritten by another like eight people like is there a chance there's like two two writers on this okay so that i've seen because i wonder whether because you know it happens often doesn't it like in the uh, miniseries very enjoyable miniseries from the 80s but the uh, it uh, not the 80s the early 90s or whenever it was that had that was very enjoyable and very good but it went through a couple of different writers. So you have the issue where it hints at something which was once there, but on a rewrite, it's like, oh, well, we need to keep that for the continuity, but we're going to mm. get rid of all of the context around it. And that. So I wonder I whether... wish there was more writers on this <laughs> That would have been nice. Because maybe it's something... I mean, maybe it's just shit, but maybe it's something like that, like earlier drafts had like maybe. expansions expansions on various ideas maybe they were like oh yeah that's maybe it was much clearer the angle this movie was coming from and then the second guy just kind of like eh, i don't know if you're going to be able to sell this because it's so political so i'll just kind of wax back on that um all right well okay rubbish film confusing is a bit of a mm. mess was cage any good um oh was he no. oh no no, this was like a definitive paycheck movie for his performance was th this was definitely one of the films where he was like, OK, how much does it pay and where does it shoot? Because if it's close enough and it pays enough, I'll just do it. I don't care. Yeah. So he's phoning it in and giving uh, the performance that the film deserves rather than anything yeah, else. There was a, a dollar sign or there was a number attached to this performance and he met that criteria. Um, now, mm. Would you like to play a fun game? Yeah. Would you like to guess how much money this made in the box office? Okay, well, I'm guessing, because you've said that, that it's not going to be a lot. Would, did it, would, do we know what the budget of the movie was? Unfortunately, I don't have a budget number for this film. Well, then I'll say something really embarrassing, like $10 million. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to give you one more shot, and I need you to... Remove some zeros from the estimation. Okay, a uh, hundred thousand. This movie made fifty-eight thousand dollars. Fucking how? Yeah, that might have covered. If it had a, a marketing budget, it might have covered the marketing budget. Oh my god! Yeah, this money. This made no money whatsoever, that and it is poorly rated to this day. That's probably, um, like, less than Nicolas Cage got paid for it. Yeah, I the $4 I spent to rent this is probably as much money as it's made in this entire year. Jesus Christ, that's awful. And I, I don't like bad. judging films by how much money they make, but 
on top of everything else wrong mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Oh. That's why I was looking into it, but it's... <sighs> Dude. Yeah. I, um... So, I, at the end of all of it, uh, the Humanity Bureau is a movie that I would really suggest you guys avoid. Oh, wow. Don't wa- don't. I wouldn't even... I wouldn't watch it. It was just on top of all of the garbage that we've talked about yeah. so far. It also like just it was grindingly slow and the the pacing was irritating. <laughs> and oh wow. The moments that these characters shared together were soulless and nearly and it just was not enjoyable. Unfortunately, I I really do hate to say it, but it's just not enjoyable. Oh. Like, do not watch this movie unless you want to have a really boring time. And I don't think we've had that before. We've had a lot of films which we weren't keen on, but we have not yet had a film which would actively say avoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I would rather, I would prefer to, here, I'm going to go ahead and say that this might actually be the worst Nicolas Cage movie Oh my so god. Far. Okay, Humanity Bureau, worst so, Cage. If you want to see what's probably the worst movie, this is it. This for sure is the very bottom, uh, in my opinion. Unless something else comes up. Yeah, maybe maybe there's worse, but okay, fair enough. I'm sorry to hear that, Humanity Bureau. And following that, I'll briefly talk about this episode's winner. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the movie Snowden from 2016. Have you seen Snowden before? I've actually, I've never seen Snowden. I didn't even know he was in this film. He's got a small part. It's a two hour film and Cage is in it for about 10 minutes, but he's got a really fun role. He cages. Really? Just the right amount. Oh, exciting. Because Snowden, Snowden's a great film, right? I, I think it's a great film. It's just biopic of Edward Snowden. And uh, when he whistle blew all the um, bullshit NSA were doing and then had to fuck off to China and then from China fucked off to Russia mm-hmm. and all of that. Where I believe he still lives in Russia with his with his wife because he's still not really allowed to come back to America because silliness. But we're all familiar with the story from 2013. Really enjoyable story. Uh, and this film is a, a great version. Like... Apparently, it's very, very close to the real story. Like, there's not much dramatic uh, license taken with it because the story was incredibly, like, spy thriller all on its own without you having to do anything. That's enjoyable, and Joseph Gordon-Lovett from off of Third Rock from the Sun, it, it does a great it does a great role mm. and a great impression of Edward Snowden, even to the level of the uh, monotone voice, which is slightly frustrating, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's enjoyable to watch. The film's wonderful. He strives hard, gets into NSA, climbs up the ranks, feels uncomfortable about what he learns, decides he has to sacrifice every part of his life in order to get this information out to the public, gets it all out to the public, and then runs away into hiding the end. That's basically the film. We're all familiar with it. Nicholas Cage's role is of a one of the professors at the CIA training camp who, at one point earlier on in his career, tried to um, complain about problems he saw in the CIA, and as a result, he was sort of like made to shut up and push down and like you're in this room just training new recruits you're not allowed to have any clearance or any power anymore so he was punished 
for asking questions and trying to complain about issues he saw in the CIA. And as a result, he's this uh, cryptographer who's a bit embittered, but becomes like, you know, in any sort of high fantasy thing, you've got like the quest giver, like the person who's sort of like, <laughs> like the Obi-Wan character, like I, mm, yeah. I am here. Here's brief little snippets of wisdom, which is just enough to set you on your path. And here's lessons I've learned, which are just enough for you to keep in mind when you go off and do the same things I did, but do it better. He's that character so he's only in it for about 10 minutes but they snowden and cage's character have this lovely little relationship where snowden will come into his office like sporadically and just go like hey tell me more about this sort of um uh old computer and it's like oh well this computer was used in the cold war here's a little bit of my history i helped in the cold war and i asked too many questions and they didn't like it so remember they will try to crush you but you have to stay true to what you are remember we're in these jobs because we care about america and we care about the world and we want to do our best to help everyone it's like yeah that's true so damn the man keeps on doing all of these things and creates the wonderful MacGuffin of uh, a rubik's cube like doesn't create it but creates this affinity edward snowden has for it and the rubik's cube becomes quite an important symbol throughout the whole film for uh mm. you know the, it's symbolic of his mind constantly working and trying to crack and solve all these problems and trying to find a way through and out it's the rubik's cube symbolizes all of this which is given to him by cage in the same way that cage is giving him a thirst for uh justice and a th uh, and the strength to not worry when everything is is turned against him and all of this stuff so it's a lovely little performance from cage who is clearly embittered but he tones it down it's a subdued cage performance but one where you think the character could go crazy at any moment and right at the very end of the film we get a little brief bit of a cage's character at home watching telly hearing the news report about what snowden's done and he's there going the kid did it that's amazing and he's just really happy that that edward snowden decided to go with his heart and make the right choices even though they're really really tricky it's a wonderful performance by cage it's a really really cute performance by cage and i've no idea how he got cast in it because it's such a small role in a big mm -hmm. film it's an oliver stone film it's a uh I think it was a political powerhouse of a movie when it came out. <clears throat> it made about 300 million or something uh, at the box office. I think it's almost exclusively highly regarded, as most Oliver Stone films end up being. And everyone, everyone loves the film. Edward Snowden himself appears in it at the end to just give this impassioned speech about how his life isn't as valuable as uh, looking after all of humanity and making sure people mm. are aware of the whole story so they can make a choice. Because, you know, maybe what he did was right, maybe what he did was wrong, but he wants the people to have all of the information to make the best decision that they possibly can. But, uh, yeah, great, great movie. Great performance from Cage. Great performance from Cage. I, I would like a spin-off, which is just that character's history. That's what I'd like. But I don't know. Small roles like that, how do they How do they get cast? Like, when you get a big actor like Nicolas Cage, and this was in uh, 2016 this came out, so he was, he was still kind of in his paycheck phase. But mm. also he was uh, an actor of high renown. And offering him, like, I don't know whether he auditioned or whether he was just offered it or whether mm. he asked for it, but like, hey, here's a tiny little 10-minute role in this film. 
you think he's just fascinated with the story and wanted to be part of it? Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's that simple? Yeah. yeah, I think it's really easy when they are interested in the film itself. Mm. That probably sells most of the film, even, you know, it, I don't, well, on top of that, I don't think, especially in this, like, part, this season of his life, like, he doesn't really care if he plays, like, the biggest roles imaginable yeah. you know yeah it's just like oh yeah i just i love this story and i think i'm a good fit for this character i think i would do the character justice and we know that he can mm. and he did yeah yeah he, i think it was like that simple really he definitely he definitely did like like i'm, I'm afraid to say it's, it seems a shame after the the humanity bureau there's not much to say about that other than shit best avoided there's not much to say about the snowden film other than because like i was reading up about the production of it and the filming and how that went fine there's no big stories nothing particularly amusing or uh, intriguing or anything happened like i because i was hoping that there'd be tons of stories of like the government tried to shut down making the film and oh my god it was it was terrible they were beset by propaganda and they were followed when they were filming it so nah it's just just a normal film shoot and it mm. went all right everyone seemed to get along there was no drama everyone did a great job there's not a bad performance there's one character in it who i reckon if this was made again today would probably be played by danny glover um <laughs> but don't by by danny glover fucking how he's too old by donald glover because it's it's a similar role to um one that glover played in uh the martian so that yeah. that sort of role and also right uh, because this is a lot about hacking and a lot about computer experts, I don't I don't know any computer experts. I don't know whether you do, but are any of them actually the sort of guys who look like they're a member of Jackass? Little little goatees, <laughs> hoodies, like scruffy, like wandering around like they're cool as shit, all of that, but they're massive nerds. Like, is that what they're really? Like, because that's what films always portray, at least a small handful of the computer experts as. Yeah, I'm sure maybe one or two of those type of people exist. Yeah. But is that probably. what they're known for? Because I would have thought... No. Aren't computer experts... Like, if we're speaking in stereotypes, isn't the stereotype that they're sort of, like, as well as nerdy, but well turned out, they'd be shirt and tie in a yeah, suit you know, and all of that sort of thing, rather than... There's a weird like, sort of um, there's like two sides to it, where it's usually like I'm straight-laced you know, mm. collar on I'm a good guy and then you have like the mom's basement sort of yeah. computer expert yeah Um. Uh. and that's your typical like there's usually nothing in between those. This is true. So, yeah, so I guess a lot of the characters were like Mum's Basement thing and sort of like really not seedy. I don't know. They they, they try to make them seem punk rock or something. They or? did. They, yeah, like it's well, it's a uh, it's a movie and a lot of it is based on people who do it's based on hackers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's hard to make hackers look exciting because the reality of what they're doing <laughs> It, they tried once. Yeah, they. <laughs> hey, Johnny Lee Miller looked brilliant in that film, <laughs> as did him with the tongue from Scream, and I believe Angelina Jubbly uh, got naked yes. or something. Um, 
great film hackers. But like a lot of what hackers do and computer experts do is sit down perfectly still and type mm. for days yeah. on end. Even though the activities they're creating or starting or stopping can be incredibly powerful and incredibly exciting, watching them do that is not compelling telly. So as yeah. a result, you get tons of shots of people typing while the camera's moving really erratically. And they've put these weird sort of effects and like trace tracing effects yeah. and stuff like that on it. It's like the dude's yeah, just that's... typing an email. Chill out. <laughs> Yeah, they they really they've tried this in like Swordfish. I don't know if you remember that movie, but oh, was that when um, um, Wolverine got a yeah. blowy whilst hacking something? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that's the movie. Yeah, that's the scene we all remember. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like where they try to make like ha- they try to visualize hacking in a in a way that people will understand because even if you attempt to ex- start to explain the the intricacies and you know why certain actions or things are important or whatever like you're just going to completely lose an audience mm. um i i actually so gregory do you watch the animes no i have done but chances are i won't know one if you name it but but i i know most of them uh, a cast wonderfully by Scarlett Johansson. Oh, right. Yes. She, uh, she got into trouble ghost, for playing a cartoon yeah. character. Yeah. There's probably more to yes. it than that, but that's the bit of the story I remember. But go on. Yeah. Uh, learn me anime. So, like, there's a, um, there's a certain thing in anime that, uh, they, they do a really good job. This is probably one of the best parts is that they do a good job of making an explanation of something whether it be actual explanation of like a real life phenomena or it's like scientific effect mm. or even just some wacky bullshit thing that like <laughs> that universe has, like they get into the details of it so that you, the audience member understand at some level why these characters are so impressive and powerful and cool and shit. Yeah. And it's something that I, it's the only part of anime I really wish could transcribe into some form of other medias because it's cool to like i think shit is cool when i know how it works yeah yeah i i get that they should make things more understandable within all movies because yeah you you need to know the stakes and to know the stakes you need to understand everything that's going on which i think this film did a good job of even though if it gave us all the information that was going on all of us lay people would just be lost very quickly absolutely they did a great job of spoon feeding the actual information they're dealing with in such a way that it was very easy to understand the stakes at at every point which i did enjoy and just two closing facts about this movie before we go on to see which Mm -hmm. one won an award it won was the best portrayal of washington dc which i didn't know was a possible award but it's a great award to win oh wow uh uh, that was by the washington dc area film (laughs) critics association wow how masturbatory (laughs) but also they won a golden raspberry award worst supporting actor nicholas cage which i don't think what i don't think that's fair in the slightest huh 
Interesting. I wonder what the reasoning was, really. I, I think people just didn't take Cage seriously at the time. So every time he's yeah. in a film, you assume a lot of people would assume he's shit, regardless of what he does. You're like, well, it's Nicolas Cage, mm. isn't it? He's just going to go woo over and over, even though he categorically doesn't. <laughs> and yeah. I think he plays that role perfectly. I think the role is a bit silly, but I think the role is important for the film, and he does everything that needs to be done. But yeah, Golden Raspberry. How silly. But yeah, yes, everyone, Snowden is the best portrayal of Washington, D.C., according to the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association. So which one do you think wins? Well, it's got to be Humanity. No, it's definitely (laughs) Snowden. Unfortunately, I feel like Humanity is just out of its weight class on this one. Humanity is doomed! And there we have it. Another episode kick to the curb another film sayonara off the edge into the abyss of cage films we won't watch again and yet another film elevated to the lofty heights of round two who knows who will be next who know well i mean you'll find out in a couple of weeks chill out yes this is it. Congratulations to Snowden. Commiserations to the Humanity Bureau. Maybe buck your ideas up. Try harder next time for the sequel. The Humanity Turu is what you could call the sequel to the Humanity Bureau. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> do- let's try to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have anything to tell the good people before we leave them to it? Uh, sure. I got plenty of bullshit to tell them, but I will specify only one of those bullshits, and that is, Mm. on Sundays, 6 a.m. EST, uh, I am on a Dungeons & Dragons show type. It's not really a show. I'm playing Dungeons & Dragons. It's being streamed on twitch.tv slash offdutyotter, spelled like it should be spelled. Um, O-F-F-D-U-T-Y-O-T-T-E-R? That's correct. And I'm I'm playing. We're a couple... We're just a few sessions in now, so it's a great place to start if you're listening to this. Um, yeah, playing playing a, uh, a, a real stupid character, which I love being stupid, so it fits. Are you... Um, so you're one of the players. You're not DMing this. You're one of the players. That's correct. Yeah, I'm actually playing in in the game. This is incredible. Everyone, go watch that. Every Sunday morning, 6 a.m. EST, GMT, that will be 11 a.m., which is a much more useful time. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the West Coast, I don't fucking... I don't know. I don't know. It's probably, like, <laughs> midnight or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how America's got like 20 time zones. It's too big. You should yeah. lose a. Get rid of Florida and Texas. We're all fucked up on time. Yeah. But that's really, really exciting. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. It's been very fun so far. And I think uh, uh, people would enjoy the character I'm playing. And as for you, Gregory, what can you tell us about you? Are you playing Dungeons and Dragons? No, I'm not doing any Dungeons and Dragons stuff at the moment. Um, nor oh. do I think I'll ever do Dungeons and Dragons again in terms of do a um, show about it. Yeah, what do I do? I just do um, Bible stuff at the moment. That's me. Um, so listen, listen to that. But yeah, that's Excellent. it. Listen to that. But most importantly, 
Tune in to Thomas Sunday mornings on twitch.tv slash offdutyotter. As ever, if, you're, if you've listened to all of our episodes and you still want more Cage content, listen to the Cauldron Ladies. Those, those two ladies from Florida who drink heavily and talk about Nicolas Cage. I really want, at some point, us to do a crossover episode with them. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We'll just make sure that they just, just chill out. Do your episodes a bit shorter. It's all, it's all right, people. Don't worry. <laughs> just just, just shh, 40 minutes. 40 minutes and done. That's good, isn't it? 40 minutes. 